0: Hello, hello, good people. This is the Real Estate Guru 254 podcast, and we are just coming up on episode number three. My name is David Mbatia, founder of Real Estate Guru. Thank you so much for being here and listening in on the real estate conversations that we are having. If you're new here, Karibu sana. In this space, we are making an attempt to inform, educate, and inspire. So indeed, you know, stick around by subscribing to the podcast and hopefully you will pick up some new information and perhaps something that will inform new perspectives on the property market. At some point, we will also be doing human interest stories. So keep it locked here. This week's episode is going to be a monologue. So all you guys get is just me, but it's gonna be enough, yes? I will see you. So I woke up one morning with Thoughts running helter skelter and trying to find ideas that would be interesting to share with you guys here. There's an inspirational piece I I once came across about marketing today that suggests that telling stories is all the rage. And it got me thinking about you know well-told stories and if I even fancy myself at all as a storyteller. So this episode is going to be a story. Personally, I'm inspired most by true stories, especially when they seem so unbelievable. You know, the kind that leaves you asking whoa did that actually happen so let me start this story with you know the backstory to this episode when i was younger and you know still even today i was a big fan of the genre of western movies truth be told (laughs) it was probably the weird assortment of characters you know who seemed to be too colorful to be believable piqued my interest in these movies so let's talk about these movies you know there was always a final showdown that ended with either the death of the villain and his cohorts or if the villain was a lovable character then it would be the hero or heroine who would die uh, you would invariably expect that there was a guy who had an axe to grind with someone else you know uh, there was a plot for revenge somewhere in there in the mix uh, people you know were looking for something lost you know some lost treasure or something buried in the ground like gold and there was always a lot of showmanship you know with horses and guns maybe sometimes there'd be a damsel in the stress you know who the hero would be out to save right okay but i digress <laughs> let's get back to today's episode this is going to be the first part of our trilogy a three-part story based on the title of a very popular western movie uh, titled the good the bad and the ugly so this movie was was legendary in its time way back in 1966 you know but it also became a timeless classic even with the successive generations of movie lovers uh just to create a little juxtapose here the story is based on three characters and one of them you know the star is a guy called blondie he's the good and and that guy was played by clint eastwood there was another character called tuco and uh, tuco was the bad and he was played by a guy called eli wallack and then there was another guy called sentenza the ugly and and his role was played by an actor called lee Cliff. you know in all three characters i believe all three qualities existed you know none of them was either fully good or fully bad or fully Fully ugly. <laughs> but in the movie, I suppose that the idea they had was to assign uh, roles to the actors based on the looks of the characters they wanted to portray. So in other words, you know, none of them is perfect and each of them is flawed in their own way. I picked the title from this movie, but I wanted to relate it specifically to experiences I have had in the property market and also to share with you some of the lessons I've picked up along the way which I hold near and dear to me. Uh, So hopefully from my own experiences you guys can learn something new. This trilogy will get repeated every season. So we're gonna do the good, the bad and the ugly for each of the seasons coming up. You know, and every season is gonna be about twenty episodes. So life always imitates art right uh in this case would i also say that i'm using art to imitate life uh quite possibly yes so i shall start with a good experience i have had in this space we call the real estate industry in kenya it's always good we start with some positivity right yes my master (laughs) stop that okay here we go uh so around mid-august 2019 i got a call from a friend called patrick he called me to mention that he had passed on my contact to a friend of his called humphrey and he mentioned to me that he did so because humphrey was looking for assistance with disposing of some property that he owned so i said to patrick that i'd be glad for the opportunity and thanked him for making the connection between humphrey and myself and you know then we went our merry ways so some days later humphrey called me to introduce himself to me and you know to pick up the conversation about how we could possibly go about doing business together this is again august 2019 at that time however humphrey was not fully Committed to making the sale happen, and it was just a choice he was somewhat undecided about, perhaps still mulling over. We could say he was basically trying to get comfortable with the decision and perhaps trying to shop for someone he could work with on making that happen. So between the time we first spoke and then subsequently to the point where he was full-on committed to making the sale happen a full year went by so this was now august 2020 uh, he called me once more and this time you know there were no points of friction for him the choice you know he was he was clear about the choice he he wanted to make and he was fully committed to selling of course you know august 2020 the conditions of the market at the time had changed and you know the conditions were just appalling the country Indeed, the whole world was coming to grips with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Everything had ground to a halt because of the adverse economic effects globally due to the pandemic again, uh, which had kind of ravaged a lot of businesses. A lot of people had lost their jobs and that comes with loss of income. And this had happened not just in Kenya, but the world over. So because even the meeting was going to present some challenges, the meeting between Humphrey and I, I sent him a link to a form, a Google form, which he could use to submit to me all the pertinent information about the specific property he wanted to dispose of, uh, a bit of information about the immediate neighborhood and the community in which the property uh, was located. In turn, I also requested him to provide me with a mandate to sell the property, issuing me with instructions for the sale and conferring me with the agency status for, for selling the property. Uh, the property comprised of two units uh, of two-bedroom apartments, two two Separate units of two-bedroom apartments, which were under tenancy at the time. Uh, one of the sticking points for Humphrey was trying to ascertain an ideal price point, an ideal price point, and therefore establish, you know, how to actually go about selling these apartments. Because everything in the market, you know, had kind of been upended by the pandemic. The dynamics of the market change, you know, when there are unknown extraneous factors that have been brought to bear, especially in circumstances where incomes have taken a massive hit as happened with uh, when the COVID-19 uh, lockdowns were in effect so for the particular development where Humphrey was selling there was also the added complication that there were newer more modern uh, units in terms of an um, in terms of amenities uh, better endowed gated complexes within earshot of where he was selling and that had a much higher uh, density in other words far more units available and therefore in those in those developments there were much lower prices being asked for for comparative units so after he and i had dispensed with the preliminaries i proceeded to market the property for sale in september of 2020 and you know we we got quite a bit of traction and received a fair amount of interest to be very categorical this interest was generated primarily in my view because humphrey on my advice price the sale offers at the bottom of the market and leveraged this in the end you know to secure the best possible offers he could before he agreed to sell he understood the assignment Uh, he had taken on very well and we used this uh, as an effective strategy in ensuring that we would secure optimal results based on the expectations he had and especially because you know he was not sentimentally attached to the property he was selling he had never lived in any of those units and he had bought them purely for investment purposes he was completely unattached emotionally to to those properties so you know what was good about this experience well a good thing that happened here was just how well everything came together and how quickly too it all came together none of it was planned none of it was based on any brilliance or smarts or it just came together inexplicably so so let me explain what happened in october of 2020 after just about six weeks of marketing the entire month of september and part of october within a one-week period i had received two accept let me call them quote-unquote acceptable offers and on Humphrey's instruction i actually proceeded to endorse the offers as the agent on behalf of the seller and then to engage with the two prospective uh, purchasers who had presented themselves there was an issue however that was unforeseen so both the offers would only yield what we'd call quote-unquote delayed gratification as both the prospects intended to finance the transactions 100 percent humphrey was initially willing to acquiesce to the prospects requests to finance their transactions with him 100 as an agent um, my role would just extend to providing him with any and all information with regard to offers I had received. And while I explained that the standard practice where uh, prospects were required to pay at least 10%, Humphrey was not particularly keen on receiving monies for the sale of uh, the properties in piecemeal payments. He wanted lump sum payments. However, uh, after he consulted more broadly with a finance expert and with his lawyer, he was disinclined to accept uh, the terms offered by the prospective buyers another complication again ar- arose the lawyer representing Humphrey on the transactions you know now aware or now informed of the fact that Humphrey was selling <laughs> attempted to use that information regarding the sale to engage directly with Humphrey to purchase one of the units promising him that you know he would have the funds you know to do the transaction within two months and requesting him to hold on so that he could purchase uh, the unit for himself in effect uh, Humphrey's lawyers Humphrey's lawyer intended to leverage this information to cut me out of my own deal and these are some of the brutal market realities property agents face when you know when they are working for their clients so for another period for a period of another two weeks in october nothing happened and the prospect began to get anxious because humphrey was was sitting on the fence he was teetering on my end during that two weeks here's what happened the prospective buyers would call me to make inquiries on what was going on with humphrey and even on occasion i received calls from their respective lawyers and the property valuers who had been assigned to do the valuation of the properties because of the financing requirement in kenya there's a is a requirement that all properties before the mortgage funds are released by the financiers the properties do require to be valued so humphrey humphrey was silently mulling his options was he going to go back to the market or proceed with the quote-unquote birds in hand uh, which are far more valuable than the ones in the bush um but he was undecided for the time Uh, on the other hand in the market i was still receiving requests to show uh, the property so one such request had come from a lady called stephanie who had approached me on the very day That the last of these two offers, the two offers that we had initially received, she called me on the very last, on the day that we had actually signed the very last of the two of them. So I'd informed, I actually informed her that both offers I had had already been snapped up and that I would inform her if anything had changed or for that matter, if I came across any other comparative offers. In fact, I had even approached Humphrey with a request to send out any fillers to the property owners forum. He was in a property property owners forum for that particular development which was on WhatsApp and I asked him to send a message to the WhatsApp group that he was in for the property owners to request if there were any others looking to sell and specifically any others who are looking to sell a two bedroom apartment uh, in the same uh, development. So Stephanie had made the request at her, at the behest of her mom. her mom. Her mom was called Lillian. Her mom is called Lillian. Uh, so on one occasion, you know, a couple of days before I was due to take a valuer to the property, uh, Lillian herself called me and requested that I take her to the development so that she could get a sense of the unit. She had not actually been able to see a unit. She just knew that she wanted to buy one in that particular development. And, you know, she wanted to get a sense of the unit in the event that one became a available for her to purchase so on the day i was to go uh, with the valuer i called lilian and asked her to meet me so that we could proceed together to the development and she could then get the opportunity to view one of the units i was selling on that day Lillian and i met i informed her that you know via my seller humphrey had made this request via humphrey had made the request to find out if there are any other sellers and i even showed her the feedback from the other prospective sellers who had approached me there were eight in total and all of them were selling well outside her ideal price point and you guys need to remember something i said about sentimental sellers they are selling value that nobody else is willing to assign to the property except (laughs) what they themselves believe so most of them would be what you call people who are actually Owner occupiers of the property. So Lillian and I ended up speaking about many things, but importantly, I took the opportunity in meeting her to inform her about hiring a buyer's agent since she was very categorical about what she wanted and she had a clear goal. I mentioned to her a few of the nuances about why hiring an agent would be ideal for her, and I also went on to ask her if she would consider my services. The main point of resistance for hers, and, and as this happens with most buyers, is usually that it is the buyer buyer who pays for the service and not the seller in this case but in practice this is actually the reality if as a buyer you're requesting an agent to find something specific that you want to buy then the agent must know or in this case have reasonable assurance that they will be paid uh, by the person instructing them and not necessarily by the person selling so if it's the buyer instructing me i need to know that the buyer is going to pay me i cannot rely on the possibility that i will find a seller and that the seller will pay me they could be paid you know by the person selling But in that case, they have an entitlement. The agent has an entitlement to be paid for performing dual agency. In other words, representing both the buyer and the seller. In any case, I had already closed my sales in in my dealings with Humphrey. At this point, I've closed my sales in my dealings with Humphrey. So what business do I have approaching a seller who may or may not be willing to pay me a commission for my services? Least of all, if it was not him that approached me for that purpose. In this case, it is Lillian who had approached me with her request. So technically, I work for her, not necessarily a seller whom I have no clue about or knowledge even of their existence. So the following day, after I'd taken Lillian to the property, I sent her my agreement and requested her to send me a buyer's instruction so that I could aggressively seek out a unit for her within the same development. After a few conversations with Lillian and with her lawyer, whom, you know, coincidentally, I had met three years earlier. I had met Lillian's lawyer three years earlier. So Lillian and I arrived at an agreement for me to work for her as an agent, as a buyer's agent, and to seek out a property uh, she could purchase. And the following week, after that conversation, Humphrey called me to let me know of his decision regarding the prospects. That I had based on the two uh, offers, the 100% financed offers we had received. He also took the opportunity to mention to me that his lawyer had signaled his intention to purchase one of the units and intended to railroad me <laughs> out of my agency commission for the same. So obviously, I was offended at the suggestion, but Humphrey Humphrey had nothing had been nothing you know else. He had been nothing other than a gentleman, a man of his word. And he was happy that we had made such good progress over a short period of time, and so he wasn't immediately sold on the idea of allowing his lawyer to have that much sway with him. He was merely mentioning to me uh, what had transpired, but also assured me that we would all stick to our lanes, quote-unquote, and that while he intended to decline the offers that were on the table, He was going to honor his commitment to me and allow me to see through what i had already started and now seeing as we knew where the bottom of the market really was humphrey had also made that decision and i and i felt um, that this was a correct decision he felt emboldened to take the risk of raising the price knowing that we could possibly achieve it you know they say aim for the moon that way if you get to the stars you know you're still halfway there right uh, so back to the drawing board we went yeah but not all is lost right remember i have lilian she had already signed a buyer's agency agreement with me she was a cash buyer and now even better i have a unit <laughs> that is available for sale within range of her preferred price point in fact her preferred price point was higher than my seller humphrey's lowest selling point so the combination of these two factors you know barring any possible human disagreements nearly guarantees that the sale is inevitable perhaps what i haven't mentioned to you all at this point is that one of the two earlier offers that were to be 100 financed was an offer i had received by partnering with another agent in other words I would have had to split the commission down the middle for that other agent's effort. In effect, I would only have earned 50% of the commission of what the commission would have been. However, because of the dual commission, I ended up with 150% of the commission I would have made by merely representing Humphrey. Let me explain. Buyer paid me 50% of the commission, and on top of that, I got 100% commission from the seller. I should also mention that both the two offers that were to be 100% financed were also lower than the offer that was negotiated between Lillian and Humphrey. Even though I should also state that Lillian did make a significant capital gain on the valuation of the property based on the offer she gave that was accepted. In short, I'm trying to tell you guys, the whole outcome uh, results were win-win for both the buyer and the seller. But also for me as, a, as the property agent. Now remember that before Lillian signed my agreement to become her buyer's agent, I spoke with her lawyer who I mentioned to you all that I had met some years back. Now Lillian's lawyer was what I would describe as the icing on the cake. She approached me with a request to find out if I had any other units in the same development. Initially, she was looking for a three-bedroom unit to to purchase. Then later on, when I mentioned that I only had a a two-bedroom unit, she said to me, well, let's go and take a look at it. And what would you know? I had one, Humphrey's other unsold unit. So we made a date to go and see it and then just as quickly as Lillian and Humphrey had signed the agreement of sale, Lillian's lawyer made an agreement with Humphrey to purchase that remaining unit from him. So literally, one sale literally became an unintended consequence of the other. If that's not some sort of divine occurrence, then I don't know what is. Honestly. I didn't see that outcome happening. Lillian's lawyer matched exactly the offer that Lillian had been given, rather, rather, sorry, the the offer that Lillian gave, and even that in itself was, you know, another great result. So I tried to take away learning ex- lessons from the things I experienced in this industry, you know, all of them, the good ones, the bad ones, and even the ugly ones, right? What then were my takeaways from this experience? So, one, this experience it may take a year to get started but once you do commit to it all the way number two maintain a sunny disposition even when things are not going your way number three when working Stay the course and give your best. Always be found doing your best work. I should qualify this and say, certainly, give your best when you're also receiving the best from those you're working for. If your effort is unreciprocated, it is not appreciated and vice versa. Match commitment with commitment, 100% all the time. So that's number three, number four. The best results aren't always predicated on our smarts, brilliance or diligence. Being smart, being brilliant, being well informed being diligent all these are great attributes and may even contribute in achieving great results but there are things that transcend smarts one of them is just showing up and being purposeful. The word I hear people many use these days is intentional. Be purposeful about what you're doing. Another is realizing that favor is most often unmerited. Yeah, Understanding this will keep you humble. Nothing about this, nothing about the good results we saw here came exclusively from being smart or being brilliant or being diligent or being informed. The results here came often by coincidence, met thereafter by chance encounters between preparedness and opportunity. Number five, there are outcomes in which everyone wins if there is an endeavor to think about others first and to place their needs before you think of your own. The real estate industry in Kenya, unfortunately, is very heavily driven by what we can describe as unbridled greed. If the choice is genuinely to meet the needs of others, believe it or not, everyone, can find success number six roll with the punches there will be good bad and even ugly in all our experiences just as there may be in life all of life anyway in this example humphrey's lawyer attempted to insert himself into my business not once but twice i never met the fellow and in my few interactions with him over the phone he never seemed unpleasant to me not to make (laughs) to find a point of it but I didn't actually mention to you guys that it didn't happen once. The second time Humphrey's lawyer attempted to dispossess me of my effort, you know, I suppose I didn't mention it just because once is bad enough. And this example of my experiences was filled with so many positive outcomes than the ones that were negative. So I also didn't mention all the flack that I received from I received when Humphrey walked away from the first offers which came. The prospective buyers were, were incensed because they had actually begun to take measures to acquire the property that Humphrey was selling and then he changed his mind. It was within his rights to do so. It was never within my command to make that choice, but they were very offended with me. So that's number six. Seven, choose to focus on the good that happens. Again, this is Goba's goes back to number six. Choose to focus on the good that happens to you even when things don't go your way. Staying positive not only kept me on track even when things were going wrong and not going the way I had envisaged but also allowed me and everyone else I worked with to stay on track and inevitably allowed us all to claim wins in situations that you know could have potentially become adversarial. Number eight. Number eight. None of us is in control of everything even the things that we may think we're in control of. Sometimes there is wisdom in letting things unfold as they will. Overthinking, overplaying your hand to leverage control of situations and even overextending yourself to others often does more harm than good and creates imbalance in the relationships. Designing between situations where your active intervention is required and those where all you need to do is just show up and put in your best effort allows you to appreciate your true value and to appreciate success without fussing about how it may be achieved. Not everything that happens to you shall be of your own creation or for that matter of your own design. Number nine, stay calm. It is often the people and the situations they go into as a collective that align to produce a good result. Acknowledge that the good things that happen to you are not always based on the good you send out into the world. So, number ten, recognize where favor has fallen your way so that you learn to exercise gratitude. Understanding that not everything you receive is deserved will. Keep you grounded and humble and appreciative of your common struggles with the rest of humanity. Being thankful for what you have often reflects in how you do everything you do and attracts more your way. Give people your very best but understand it is also okay for you to demand their best too and even to walk away where their best is not accorded. Be prepared. (laughs) I was once a scout and this was actually the scout's motto, be prepared, but I cannot overemphasize the brilliance that happens when opportunity encounters preparedness so guys those are my 12 takeaways i write these down i actually read them from somewhere because i'd had them written down what did i learn when i went through this experience so guys remember my goal here is to share information with you that can help you improve the results you're looking for especially in the real estate space it's not enough for you to just know it may also require you to take action and to start practicing what you're learning so thank you very much for listening I mean you didn't have to so just know that i'm saying you know you're appreciated whoever you are wherever you are i appreciate you thank you so so much for being here Good people, that concludes this episode of the podcast. We hope you learned something new. Send us any questions, comments, and feedback you may have, including any topics of interest you may want to have featured here. Of course, you know, we'd be glad if you share this podcast with your friends, rate it, and leave us a review wherever you come across it, and subscribe to get notified of upcoming episodes. This goes a long way to support our work. Connect with us on our social media handles included in the description of this podcast. Do you have a story in the real estate space in Kenya that can inspire, inform and educate to feature as a guest? Please fill out our podcast guest form and tell us a little bit about yourself and the topics you'd like to discuss. We would love to hear from you. So you just send us an email, you know, send us a WhatsApp message and we shall pick up the conversation with you. Lastly, you can support this production financially by contacting our marketing team to advertise on the podcast or through your generous giving by using the links in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for your love and support. We totally, we totally appreciate it. And catch you on the next episode. Bye.